It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Marcus Smart announces that he has tested positive for the coronavirus. And it's Daniel Tice Day. We continue our deep dives on this Friday Locked On Celtics. Millie's Let's Go! Friday, and I want to say happy Friday, but it's not. It's not a happy Friday at all because we have a positive COVID-19 test on the Boston Celtics, and it's Marcus Smart. And this comes at a a tough day. Man, we're going to try and keep it light, but... No promises on this one, guys. John Corral is here from MassLive.com, joined by RedsArmy.com's Chuck McKenney. Uh, I'm glad you're here, Chuck, because... <laughs> Why is that? Because I feel like our backgrounds going way, way back to the days, for people who don't know, Chuck and I produced morning news at WBZ back in, like, starting in 2001. Yeah. It was, like, it was after 9-11, like, the days after 9-11. That's that's when I started there. Yep. So, <laughs> man. So Chuck and I went to Emerson. We were teammates on the Emerson basketball team. Chuck was a year ahead of me, and then we kind of lost touch. And then we we rekindled. We got back together there at the uh, at WBZ, and we have all of this news background. And uh, I feel like that's kind of appropriate for when we have a COVID-19 coronavirus diagnosis for Marcus Smart. Because I feel like the the reaction when it's one of your own guys is to, like, run around with your hair on fire, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So we've been sitting here like, ah, oh, Rudy Gobert has it. Man, that's, that's terrible. Donovan Mitchell, okay, yeah, two more Lakers tested positive today. Okay, Marcus Smart, oh, my God, ten stories on coronavirus. What's Blah, 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 like. Okay, just because it's happened here doesn't make the 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 story change at all. Like, uh, and I feel like we've had like the same complaints about local news when it comes to that stuff. So I feel like we're you're here to help me treat it appropriately. <laughs> well, let me put down my pitchfork first. Yeah. Stop my plans to overthrow the government because yeah. I have a fire raging on that topic. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> well, maybe we'll touch on that later. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I saw the the news across Twitter where I get every you know piece of information in my life just about. Um, and it seemed like uh, the, the Celtics were, were coordinated with Marcus because, you know, within a few minutes after we heard it was a particular player that had tested positive, Marcus pushed out a message um, yeah. on, on his Twitter, which he's, you know, he didn't, I don't think he's has any symptoms. He, he seemed pretty calm yeah he used it as kind of like a teaching moment which is great to remind everybody the situation we're in precautions you should take so that was calming to see him almost immediately because i mean i mean we love marcus so right. not that we'd want to see anybody on the team uh get sick but you know we were right. uh, obviously concerned and i was quickly like forwarding it the link around to my sons and stuff um but it's but it's but he seems okay 
So I think I guess the only disconcerting part of this story is that the Celtics are still waiting for more test results, correct? And that there could be other players who um, or people on the staff who who uh, have the virus, right? It's possible. Yeah, according to the press release, I'll read directly from it. Um, and they at, at this point, when the release came out, they didn't name him because HIPAA rules. They're not going to name who it is anyway. Right. It's up to the player. So they said the Celtics player who is not exhibiting symptoms has been in isolation for several days and will continue to do so while being monitored by the team and medical staff. The team is awaiting further test results and will communicate them as appropriate, taking steps to maintain the healthy, the health and safety of everyone in our organization, blah, 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 top priority, so on and so forth. So as far as we know, there are more tests out there and with smart, out there having it it's it's possible somebody else has it and you know i i I don't know where he got it when he got it um but you know it was a little more than a week ago that i was sitting directly in front of marcus smart at bankers life Fieldhouse and a post-game press conference appropriately five to six feet away and hopefully that was enough i didn't touch him but now I'm sitting here like, okay, social isolation, especially yeah. important, you know? Um, and it's, you know, I, I think I'm fine. I, I haven't, nothing's changed in my situation. I feel comfortable and confident that I'm, I'm fine. Uh, but at the same time, keeping my distance from people, I did go to the supermarket, but you know, anything I touched, I didn't touch things and put it back. Anything I touched, I put in my cart and I bought like I'm, I'm trying to take precautions um, and be careful when you do have to go out, keep your distance and all of that stuff. So, well, it's so you made it back. You two days ago, you were you were in, you were spring on spring break in Florida. I saw you on TV. Yeah, yeah, I was in. Uh, so, yeah, I was with those kids. Was with those kids, <laughs> dude. I just want to party. I'm not gonna let this. You know, don't tre- dr- don't tread on me, Chuck, and coronavirus. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna party. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna lick doorknobs. I, you know, who cares? Screw it. So it's um it's interesting. So we're still learning. You know, players are testing positive now, and uh, we're about a week. Are we a week removed since Utah? Um, the 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 yeah, Gobert it was last. It was last Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday night. So okay, so it's, it's been a week. Yeah, and, and we learned a couple of Lakers, and there's there are uh, members of, of the Sixers who, who have tested positive. So it's not you know there isn't any. I guess it's it's ongoing. I don't know. For me, I. I Every time I hear situations like this, or we learn about more players, it just makes me think, oh, man, we're not going to have basketball. I know that that might not be a rational deduction because they're just like everybody else in the population. There's going to be a percentage of players who are going to get it, and then hopefully um, – the, you know, there's there's a peak within the NBA, and then we get past that, and we can talk sure. about basketball. But man, it just really makes me think. Oh shit, this isn't this isn't gonna happen, you know. And it's not logical, but but I, I I don't know. Well, here and this is why, and this is important. And I'm sorry for people tuning into a basketball podcast, but this is the world right now. Like this is literally everybody on everybody's mind. Uh. This is why it's so important to be careful. So, yes, you can go to the market and get your stuff. Don't sneeze on things. Don't cough on things. Don't, like, pick through things. If you touch something, pick it up, buy it. It's yours now. Um, 
You got to go to a pharmacy to pick up things. I get that. If you're sick, obviously stay home. But the social distancing is for a reason that this thing is communicable between people. And if you're out, the, the reason why everything's shutting down is so people like Marcus Smart aren't out there non-symptomatic, asymptomatic, doing things thinking that they're fine, but like, you know, you did a little, <clears throat> a little cough, little, a little droplet falls on a table. Someone else, uh, a bus boy comes by and wipes it down, but it gets on his hand and then he rubs his eye. Now he has it and you don't think you have it, but maybe you do and you're asymptomatic. That's why everything is shutting down. And that's why those goddamn assholes in, in Florida who are thinking like, Oh man, spring break. Like that's why <laughs> they are, they rightfully vilified for being selfish because the only way to stop this is to not spread it, to let the people who have it work through it and to not give it to anybody else. That's how this thing stops. That's why we're heading towards this big shutdown of everything because people are too stupid to not do this. They don't care too selfish to not do this. Just stop for two weeks. The people who have it are going to deal with it and hopefully they recover. People who are positive are going to shelter in place and that thing's going to eventually die and they may never know that they have it. Great. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just shows, it just, it just shows how the NBA was, you know, um, shutting operations down when they did was obviously the right move because you just think if there was even five more days right. of contaminated players leaning up against each other, breathing on each other, sweating on each other, um, you know, uh, and how, how much more widespread it would be, right? right? I mean, I know players are starting to get tested uh, more fre frequently, and they're still getting tested more frequently than the rest of us. But you know, had they just continued for another week, man, it would oh, it would have been it would have been much 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 worse. Disaster. And you know what? And, and this is why I'm mad. This is why I'm I'm very mad here at the the response, the federal response. The government response, because if we knew early on, if we knew how bad it was in the U.S., like for some reason we get we had this and, and it's admittedly like U.S. exceptionalism. Like we're like, yeah, we're fine. It's, yeah. it, you know, we're not China. Like Italy is, is fine, but like, like Italy is Italy. Like they're, you know, it's different over there. We're the U.S. And you don't think it's going to happen here. But as soon as they realized that it was that it was actually happening here, like we should have known like instantly because from just a pure basketball perspective, but on a bigger perspective, this would have been we would have quelled a lot of this outbreak. We would have slowed it down much sooner. And from the basketball perspective, we could have shut the season down two weeks before it did. And what we'd be talking about right now is a target date for resuming in two or three weeks. And this is why I think people should be mad at everything that's been happening. From a personal health standpoint, the outbreak has gotten way out of control. From a sports standpoint, your sports have been taken away for much, much longer than they should have. 
March Madness was canceled. It probably didn't have to be canceled. It could have been April Madness if we had done this the right way. The regular <laughs> season could be starting up again in two or three weeks. And now we don't even know if it's going to start up again. Like, so that, that's why I'm mad. And today on Thursday has just been a sequence of event after event after event. And the Marcus Smart thing is just the tipping point of like, you know what? A lot of our lives have been disrupted to a point that, that didn't have to be like we should have been disrupted to a smaller degree, but now our lives are going to be disrupted to for who knows how long. And that that's where I'm really upset. Yeah, no, I, I understand your point. Um, I think there would have been a harder sell <laughs> on the citizens um, had the senators come out of that, you know, closed door intelligence meeting in late January and um, told us that this was coming and that we should uh, buckle up for a wild ride. I mean, instead of keeping it to themselves, uh, sharing the information with uh, big donors so, and, right. se and selling stock before the market crashed. Um, so as much <laughs> as I want to rip them apart and storm Capitol Hill for that, uh, you know, criminal behavior is what it is. It is, it is. Um, I do look at, you know, a lot of folk, there was, there's, there was, was a lot of initial backlash amongst, you know, uh, <laughs> Americans that were overreacting. Um, so had they come out earlier, you know, it, that probably would have been worse. Um, yeah, but, I, but, but I think you're right. If we had just buckled down a bit sooner, the sooner we're in, the sooner we're out. And then exactly. we have, a, you know, we stick to a more reasonable schedule. Whereas now, you know, we don't know what we're going to have. It looks like the highlight of my basketball season might be some some big three tournament. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ever watch fat Zach Randolph play basketball and do a podcast on that? <laughs> oh, man, I'm losing my mind, John. Yes. I'm losing my mind. This is week one, Chuck. We're yeah. just through one week. We've got Jason Tatum on TikTok doing a crappy dance. Yes. <laughs> I saw that. I, I felt actually hip, and I, and I, and I made. I downloaded TikTok because if I said if Tatum can do it, then I can do it. Right. So right. we're two weeks away from doing our own dances on TikTok, so I can't judge. That's. I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to do like some old thing. Like I'm going to end up in the hospital catching COVID nineteen because I shattered a hip trying to do a TikTok dance. That's what's going to end up happening to me. I'm going to be fine, no flu symptoms, but I'm going to break a hip trying to do something that these kids are doing nowadays. I shake my fist and yell at a cloud. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. I, I feel like I've gotten enough of this out of my system. I'm glad Marcus Smart is okay. I'm glad Marcus Smart is okay. And I'm, I'm happy that Marcus Smart is sending a message to, to people. And in a way, if we're looking for a silver lining, these NBA players – coming out and saying, Hey, I've got this. I'm going to be fine, but I'm staying home. You don't, you might not realize that you have it. I'm staying home. You should too. Like maybe enough of these, you know, young, dumb, stupid 22 year olds who are on spring break might get the message. And Hey, I sit, I say this thinking like, I'm glad I'm not 21 right now because I might have been one of those dumb 21-year-olds if I had money invested in like, hey, man, I, I spent my money to go to 
Miami for spring break. I'm going. Like, when you're 21, you don't know any better, but they're still idiots. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, I, I, there's, I give credence to that, to the message resonating with, um, younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it resonates with my kids when, you know, we talk about Kevin Durant has coronavirus, Mark, you know, I get, you know, I get responses from my kids when I text them. So I know that it gets their attention. And then, and then even with, you know, even with us, when we see somebody like Tom Hanks, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. Celebrities aren't immune to this. <laughs> you know, this is, this is real. Um, so we all have our kind of like touch points there. Um, but there are some folks who are just off the deep end. Those, you know, those, those kids have had too much natty light. There's, there's nothing penetrating <laughs> those brains. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get, let's get some basketball. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue the deep dives. It's the fifth day of deep dives, which means we're going to talk about the fifth starter, Daniel Tice. When we come back on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tim Bontemps of ESPN said not too long ago that Daniel Tice is actually the Boston Celtics MVP. And I kind of get what he's saying. Uh, This season began with serious, serious questions about the center spot. And I think right now, most fans would look at this team and say, you know what, Daniel Tice has done well. And I think, I think... That Daniel Tice becomes, like, he replaces Al Horford in the, if this guy gets hurt, we're screwed category. (laughs) 
Like that's if, a, that's amazing and that's accurate, <laughs> isn't it? Like if let's assume the regular season re- re- resumes at some point shortly or shortly enough, if they have to go in there without Daniel Tice at center, like oh god, oh god, we're screwed. Like there's no how, who's going to set those seals for Jason Tatum? Who's going to like all of these things that he does? It's it's amazing the impact that he's had, and you know, coming into the season, if I were to tell you, play you a recording of me saying that, and said, "No, this is from the future," what would your reaction have been? Yeah, no, I would have been, you know, I would have checked your temperature, and I would have <laughs> said, "You have some sort of weird virus that, that originated <laughs> in, in Asia." Um, no, that's that's nuts. And what I'm trying to do while you were talking, I'm like, I need to look up the Reds Army season preview to see, you know, what I said about Tice because I think we were all terrified um, of him being the starting center. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, we were we were distraught over Horford's. Um, departure, but you're absolutely you're absolutely right. This was the, this was a huge concern, and um, to to kind of fast forward to where we are now to to just watch how he's had such a spectacular season for you know for his standards it's all relative, um, but uh, you know I, I don't I don't go into games. I'm not you know I know they're still a little thin at center. Um, but I have, you know, it's been, I don't know, what, five months, and I have the utmost confidence in Tice now. Right. I just have faith in him defending the rim, you know, making the right uh, read, uh, uh, help defense, rotation, um, his three-point shot, uh, his touch around the rim. Like, he's just a fantastic player, mm-hmm. and he fits perfectly. And he has he's created this like seal move that's opened up the floor for other players that has coaches around the league teaching teaching it to to their players it's it's remarkable yeah it really is that seal play is single-handedly changing the entire Celtics offense and and it's springing most importantly Jason Tatum like they run that with Jason Tatum all the time and um, I, I highlight that a couple of places uh, on Mass Live, especially, and I'll do it again on Friday when I do the deep dive into into Daniel Tice. By the way, as an aside, if you haven't been following along with Mass Live, all of these shows that I've been doing all week, there's a companion piece on Mass Live, a deep dive into Tatum, uh, Brown, Hayward, Kemba, all of those with additional information. So if you've been listening to these shows all week, then go to MassLive.com and look for my deep dives on all of these players because there's additional information there, and these kind of work hand in hand. So I'm going to do another one for Daniel Tice tomorrow, but that play, especially with Tatum, is has been great for getting Tatum some easy buckets, that confidence to get you know a couple of a couple of baskets, but also part of that play beyond just opening things up for Tatum, it forced Tatum to be patient because he, as part of the play, when the defender goes over the top of the pick, he has to kind of put that that defender in jail, which when you watch a player kind of slow down with his dribble and kind of take like almost like a step back and the defender's on his back, it forces Tatum to be patient and do that to give Tice that extra second to roll 
and Seal. And earlier on, early on in the season, impatience and moving too fast was part of Tatum's problem. So this play in the the short term view opens up dunks for Tatum, but also has has made him more patient as a driver and has taught him how to let plays develop, which might be an even bigger positive for for his overall game moving moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So all right. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> no, no, sorry. yeah, sorry. You know, I'm like, I'm just enamored with some of with some of Tyson's stats here. It's just, um, I had no idea he had a 130 offensive rating. I'd love to see, you know, which lineups are the best for the Celtics. Um, but to see he had, he has that, he's having that sort of uh, impact with the offense, um, and just some of his, you know, it's just his his per 36, his per 100 possession numbers. Um, they're just strong. I mean, it's it's it's. I, I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, right? It's, I, it's, I'm, I'm speechless, right? But, but this, right. So this goes to, you know, because Brad has it really like he's, um, he makes his mark with taking players and putting them in, um, position to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, you go back to Isaiah Thomas all the way back to like Jordan Crawford, right? He, he has a knack for that. Um, so as part of this, you know, just, you know, Brad recognizing what Tice's skills are, you know, putting him in the right spot. Would he be as an, a, an effective player if he was if he was on another team? Not that I want to steal any of Tice's thunder, but does Brad deserve some credit here, too? Well, I, I can tell you that Brad coming into the season said, like, the continuity, the familiarity is is really important to the um, to the Celtics. Like, that's. Him knowing what we're trying to do is as important as players being able to kind of execute certain things. Like part of what has made Tice so valuable is that he came into the season knowing, all right, this is, this is the, the scheme. When, when we want to run X, this is what we're trying to do. Um, and so, that that continuity with the rest of his teammates is is very very valuable. Yeah. Um. So as I'm talking here, I'm kind of running through some of these lineups, and I'm just five man lineups, and I'm resetting these kind of like these filters, like these lineups that have played like 50 minutes or more together. So there's six lineups that have played 50 minutes or more together. Tice is in all of them. That are the, so. Um, the starters have an offensive rating of 121. So that's you know. So you got Hayward, Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Tice. Um, a 120, 121.2 Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Shemi, and Tice. That's only been six wow. games. That's 50 minutes. Uh, Kemba, Gordon. Marcus Tatum and Tice is 108.6. Uh, so th- there's there's a lot of Daniel Tice in these five man in these five man lineups. Um, I, I don't know how many minutes I have to bring this down to to add other people into into this mix. Uh, but like the number one, so I just dropped it to like 
minutes, 30 minutes or more, the number one offensive rating is that lineup with Ojale in there. And that's just a tick, a, a hair above the the starting lineup, which is much more uh, that 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 means more because it's 50 minutes versus 188 minutes. Yeah, that, that 121 offensive rating, 100, 121 points per 100 possessions is a good number. You know, like you're scoring you're scoring <laughs> a fair amount of points there. Uh, and, yeah. and the defensive rating is 108.5, so your net rating is 12.5. Uh, so, that's damn good. <laughs> You know, like you're, that's a, that's a pretty good lineup. You're scoring a lot. You're defending pretty well. Um, it's, you'd want to get that. You're defending well enough. Like you'd want to obviously, obviously get that lineup, that defensive number a little further down to like, but that net rating is, is great. And and that's the thing with Tice is he does what he's supposed to do well. And this is the very Belichickian do your job. Like he does his job very well, right? Like that's hell yeah. He's not, is he an all-star? No, but for this team with this group, he's the exact type of guy. He doesn't need any touches. He'll, he'll score on overflow stuff. He'll score when it's like everybody's, you know, dropping in on, uh, or overreacting to a drive and he pops out. Yeah. He'd get an open shot. Um, he's shooting very well. He's the Celtics best shooter from eight to 16 feet. He's shooting like 54% from that range. So that little short roll elbow jumper is money. Um, that's, that's enough. All you have to do is be a threat. And, and Daniel Tice is enough of a threat on offense. He gets in and out of picks very, very quickly. He doesn't linger. He doesn't like stand there too long. He, he on offense, He's exactly what the Celtics need, which is shocking to me at this point. Because <laughs> he's doing all of this while getting the worst whistle in the oh, entire league. Right, right, right. I mean, he gets absolutely no respect, um, and it's still astonishing to me that the uh, officials collectively haven't caught on to what a what a, what a good defender he is, and that is going to turn next season. Um, he'll start to get the benefit of the doubt. That's just life in the NBA. So, um, you know, I was just looking at he's guaranteed, you know, the Celtics have him next year, five million. Uh, that, that contract becomes guaranteed, you know, in July. So it's, it, the Celtics are obviously, I mean, unless they make some sort of crazy move, that seems like a no brainer of, uh, of a, of a move, right? Bringing him back at five million. I mean, that's, uh, that's, yeah. That's a steal, yeah. you know? Um, so you get him back. He's still, um, I don't know, he's 28. He's, he's, he, uh, he's, he's pretty healthy. Um, and he's going to be another year of continuity and he's going to get a better whistle. Uh, well, you think right? so? You, you would hope so. You would he hope is. so. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think sometimes, sometimes I think he does have a tendency to like foul and like drop his hands a little bit. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the war on Tice, like, but yeah, it would be great if he could like not foul as much, whatever it is. Uh, all right, take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish the discussion on on Daniel Tice. See maybe what he can do better as the season maybe resumes or next year. We'll talk about that next in the Lockdown Celtics.
Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. So Daniel Tice has been absolutely perfect in every way. As if you, as as the last fifteen minutes have uh, have shown us, but uh, I'm sure there are things that he can do better. Uh, and I I think if there's any one thing that I would like him to to try to do is maybe be not as shy shooting the ball. Uh, I think maybe taking a few more of the shots, just a few, might be a way for him to kind of open things up even more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, the eye test, you know, not looking at his numbers and, you know, um, his assist ratio or anything like that, it seems to me that he, he doesn't f- – he, he rarely forces it um, when he does get the ball in the paint, um, you know, not in a post-up situation, but, around, you know, in, in that um, elbow area um, he, and, and he's got a foot of space, he, he, he's shooting it. And, I, and I'm confident in that shot. Um, I think he takes open threes when they're there. I think they encourage him to take to take those sorts of shots. His percentage is down a bit this season. But but if Tice is open at the three point line. One, I'm expecting him to take it, and I don't have any problems with that um, particular shot uh, for the most part, depending on the, uh, the the point in the game. So I think it's kind of hard to say could he get more attempts, especially when we're looking at you know guys like Tatum and Brown ascending. Um, it already feels like there aren't as many shots um, amongst those four guys. Um, so maybe Marcus could give up a couple buckets, a couple yeah. shots, uh, and and toss maybe. him over to Tice. But but for me, it's just it's kind of hard to see where where would those where would those come from because I don't you know I think he's he's um he just fits seamlessly offensively. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's just I, I would like to just see him take maybe one or two more threes. Uh, he's taking one point four. He's shooting thirty two percent. Um, and I think he's better than that. I think, I think he can really get to, um, he can really get to, uh, maybe league average, about a little above yeah. league average. Uh, I thought last year he was, he was much better at shooting the threes, but he was coming off the bench. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think just an overall, maybe just, and we say where are those shots going to come from? It's, it's one shot per game, you know, like, one shot. instead of that short roll, maybe there's an opportunity to pop a little bit more. Maybe just one, one or two more, just to draw the defender out just a little bit more. Just give him just uh, an extra chance to, you know, he's he's scoring nine points a game. We're, we don't need him to do more than that, but you know, ten points a game, ten and a half points a game, something. Just a little extra. I, I mean, I, I'm. I admit, I'm nitpicking here. I'm yeah, absolutely yeah. nitpicking here. But like, what what can he do better? I don't want to say oh, there's nothing he can do better because there is stuff he can do better. I mean, he, he, we talk about the war on Tice, but some of it, like, they they're not just looking for him to call fouls. I mean, some of those are just fouls. So he he does have to like improve that a little bit. He can't put himself in a position where those fouls are going to be called. So foul a little less, shoot just a, a tiny bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see uh, on the offensive end. It'd be it'd be nice to. I mean, he has a good uh, rapport with 
with Marcus, right? Marcus seems to find him on uh, either making those little pocket passes or or throwing or throwing lobs um, when he's when Tyson's cutting uh, to the hoop. So you know maybe you'd say let's let's try to you know run some more of those plays. Um, but I do agree with you on on defense, right? I mean Tyson's a pretty good shot blocker, right? I mean he's like a block and a half a game. He's not an intimidating presence, but he can go up there and and get his fair share of of shots. So I think it's just, you know, if he's a little bit smarter, he's a little bit quicker, um, and maybe it's just comes with another season where he's just a little bit more familiar with where, with where he needs to be. And if he's a half step quicker getting somewhere, um, along with, uh, getting the benefit of the doubt, then, you know, he could trim a foul off of his, off of his game. Cause there are plenty of games where it seems like, oh, Tice has five fouls. Tice has five fouls. You know, we don't, we, we can't afford to lose him here. So I, I get, uh, I get what you're saying there. And, you know, maybe between the two things, he could, he could, uh, you know, he could trim that number down yeah. and we, we would be less worried about, oh shit, is Cantor going to come in the game now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, man, Cantor has been killing the Celtics. Since since that hip injury, since since that dive, was it OKC, whatever it was, uh, since that dive, he was killing the Celtics. So uh, I don't know how that's going to manifest itself next year, what's going to happen. But, okay, so here here's the real question. Can the Celtics be a championship-level team with all of the things that we've said about Tice, how much we've loved him, how great a season that he's, that he's had, can the Boston Celtics be a championship level team with Daniel Tice as their starting center? Yes, <clears throat> I think so. I, I'm not saying yes or no. Uh, I, it's possible, but okay. I, but I don't see him as being. When you look at, um, I, I just I, I think he holds his own um, against some of the the bigger players. He, he's he's you know he's an in between size center, um, you know, and I just I throw out the whole Philly thing. I mean, there are very few centers who can who can match who match up well with him and bead. Probably the best one is uh, on the Philly bench, but um, <laughs> so I just I, I can't get bogged down with Philly. But but I, but you know, rolling him out uh, against Milwaukee if he's covering Lopez or. Um, you know Toronto, or just even even the even against the Lakers. I, I don't know. I don't I don't look at him and think he's a big he's a big problem for us, right? When mm-hmm. I see some of the other players of the other centers out there, I just I don't feel that way at this level. The way he's playing, I think it's good enough. I don't think this is what holds the Celtics back, and maybe part of that is because I don't know of another player that they could add. That would improve improve on Tice um, enough. That would be worth any sort of you know right, right. trade or shakeup, right? We've been over that a million times. Right. The question the question really is, and, and I think it's possible, but look at the look at the road the Celtics would have to take, like right now, if they started the, the playoffs tomorrow, the Celtics would have to get past Philadelphia. And can they get past Philadelphia with Daniel Tice as their starting center? Like they've beaten Philadelphia. It, it really depends on Embiid and, and which Embiid we're getting. Yeah. But 
can can Tice? There's nothing that says you have to match up against Joel Embiid. There, all you have to do is is be able to limit the rest of their team enough. If Embiid goes off, Embiid goes off. Like the, I'm a big proponent of, if he goes off for 40 or 50, just hold the rest of the team to 40 or 50, and you're good. Can right. can he be enough to do that? Can they trust the Celtics enough? Can, can they trust him enough on the Celtics to to have him do that? Can they trust him enough to not foul and have to play Cantor or Robert Williams, who's you know still not ready yet? Now Tice is playing twenty almost twenty four minutes a game. Wouldn't it be great if he could play thirty minutes a game? You like that's well he he might have to in the playoffs. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> So can he do that? Can he be that guy that does enough offensively? Can he be the guy that does enough to pull Embiid away from the basket? Because okay, the Celtics, you say, all right, we're going to concede the Embiid matchup, but he one of the biggest problems is that he's going to be defending the rim. And can Tice do enough? Can Tice is and is Tice willing to take two or three three pointers in that situation and have? Brett Brown call a timeout and be like, all right, we can't leave this guy open now. Like that's, can he do that? And then beyond that, if you, if you say yes, then let's presume that they make it all the way to Milwaukee and Milwaukee's got a ton of size and they've got the Lopez brothers and Giannis. And then if they do get past Milwaukee, let's say they have to play the Lakers who've got size, a ton of size like that. And the Celtics have both beaten and lost to the Lakers. But my point is there's a, there's a road to a championship that presents the Celtics with tough matchups at presumably their weakest point in the starting lineup. Yes. Yes. And I think it's uh, um, the widest gulf is against Philadelphia. Um, I, I, uh, you know, yes. So the bucks can roll out both Lopez brothers, (laughs) which would be tough for him. Um, I, I just uh, yeah I, I think I think the whole key to this is it's not um, is that there's nobody after Tice so if he's going to play extended minutes it's he has to play smart and he can't be he can't get in foul trouble because the drop off from him to the next guy is so substantial so um, now that you I think about your question in that regard I see it as a concern but when Tice is on the floor. Um, you know, I, I like what he brings against against most of those teams. I'm not overly concerned with him matching up against the Lopez brothers against Milwaukee. Um, I think he's he's not he's not a lumbering guy. He's not quick, but I think you need a little bit of both. You need to be strong and you need to have some quickness to, to do your best against Anthony Davis. Um, it's a tough matchup for anybody. So, again, I think it's I think I still think he's good enough. I still think he's good enough. Maybe I'm being overly, overly optimistic. Um, no, I, yeah. it, it's, it's, there's enough evidence to show that, he, that it's possible. And the Celtics have won a lot of big games against some of these teams with him there. And so I don't bring it up to say it's impossible, but, and maybe, maybe saying with Tice as your starting center, maybe that's not the best way to put it because 
like you said, the the fact that he's starting isn't necessarily the issue. The fact that there's nobody really behind him is more of the issue. That you can't count on Cantor necessarily. Maybe he can do well. He might. There is certainly enough evidence this season to say Cantor in certain situations can do good enough. Yeah. Uh, Robert Williams, eventually, you'd like to think, will figure some things out enough where he's not blasé. But, you know, at some point, he also is who he is. And, like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say this the wrong way, <laughs> but I don't want to go all James Young on him and be like, <laughs> if only he can do blah, blah, blah. Like, he's a better player, and I think he's more committed to his craft. But I only bring that up to say, like, James Young was who he was. And at some point, like, the hopes and the whatever work, like, you can't overcome, like, you are who you are. And Williams is just so young that, and he's still an experience, and he doesn't, hasn't played enough to break through some of that stuff. And I think he really wants to break through some of that stuff, so I, that's why I hesitated. But... He does. He just still also has that personality, where like you know sometimes you just he has those lapses. He's like, oh shit, you know, like oh man, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you know I, see, I, mean? I see that. I absolutely see that. You're right, and you mix that in with, you know, the we're starting to be concerned about his ability to stay healthy. Um, so you add that into the mix, but but you're right. I mean, I think we're a few years away, you know, probably two seasons away before. Um, we can we can stamp yeah. him as, as a particular uh, type of player, and and you're right. I mean, I think we've we've completely dismissed Cantor because he's had such a pretty such a bad stretch here. But you know, if he's able to to get healthy, I and mean, he's he's a pretty fit guy, um, and then they they do come back for a playoff push, uh, maybe he is healthier, and then we can see him have an impact. And he's he's had dominant second quarters, and I think he's had good games against the Lakers, so he can be. Um, he can be a factor um, in in certain in in certain matchups. Um, it's just uh, you know I think you know I, I'd always hope for a little more from Rob this year. Um, we just thought he could he could he could take a little bit of a step forward, and he he, he really hasn't right. He's just been a kind of a neutral presence be, because of the injury, mm-hmm. um, and that's. And that's unfortunate. Not not saying that he's he's not advancing his game a little bit, but I don't, I don't think it's anything that that will will be noticeable in the in the playoffs. So for me, I think as the Celtics are marching through the playoffs and whether they come up short, I still feel like it's going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be the center position. I just I just feel like it'll be it'll be some other area. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just blind. Maybe I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm just embracing Tice for, for what he is. Um, I, I don't, I just, it, it's almost like, you know, you're just, you're, you're just screaming because you want to scream. There was no real, um, alternative for the Celtics. And I think no. some refused to accept that. And they'll still want to say, well, that's because Ainge didn't make a trade. And then we have to have this whole conversation again where it's, tell me again who you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 You know, all that bullshit. So um, I guess it's just me being resigned to say, you know what? I like Tice. He's good enough. 
and we'll just, you know, hopefully we get, we get better play from some of the other guys, some of our elite wings that'll, that'll carry us. We'll, we'll ride those mismatches, um, and they'll offset the shortcomings we have at, at center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all I know is if the playoffs do come back and they're going to say, make somebody beat us, it's going to be Daniel Tice. Like, and it's, you've got four other guys in the perimeter. So it's going to be hard to be like, well, we're going to, we're going to make Daniel Tice beat us because those other four guys can just create so much for themselves that you can say it, but you're not going to be able to do it. So that, that's the Celtics are just uniquely built to, to have four wings as good as they, as they have to, you don't need, like, that's why, that's what makes Tice so good is that he just doesn't need that attention. And so that, that's why he's just kind of been perfect for the Celtics, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get these answers to the questions. Um, so I want to thank everybody for sticking with the show this week. We'll continue some deep dives next week. We'll have to talk about Marcus Smart and other guys on the bench. We'll talk about Brad Stevens as well. So subscribe to the show and you'll get these podcasts directly to your device uh, when they publish. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to go to MassLive.com because there's companion written piece to all of these podcasts as well when we're doing the deep dives. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for rating. Thanks, everybody, for giving those good written reviews. We continue to climb in the in the Apple podcast rankings. So go ahead and give that five-star rating good written review there. That's the show. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NBA. All right. Okay. It, it was it got to be a little tough to, to kind of like nitpick Tice's. I was like, yeah. I wasn't prepared to fucking dig into Tice's um, <laughs> defensive footwork or his shortcomings. Um, yeah. So it felt like that was a, that was a little bit there, a little bit of a, a tough spot there. But hey, well, I mean that's. What are you going to do? I think it's appropriate. I really do think that was appropriate because that, what do you expect from fucking Daniel Tice? Right. Like, that's why I, I was definitely nitpicking. Like, yeah, you said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had to, you know, if we're forced to look for something. Right. Uh, that's what it is. So. Like, you can, you can sit there and have like, oh, yeah, I got 10 things that Jalen Brown can do better because Jalen Brown's so fucking good. He's got so much <laughs> potential. Like, right. There's so much more that he can do better because he's 23 and he's got a world of potential ahead of him. Like yeah. Daniel Tice, this is kind of like Daniel Tice. This is kind of who he is. You know? Right, so, right. You're, you're nitpicking Tice. You're like, Jesus Christ, it's, he's like, fucking Daniel what, Tice. Right. Like, what am I? What more slack. you fucking want? Like, really, honestly, like, what? Like, we could just that the entire segment could have just been you be like, what more do you fucking want, John? <laughs> you know? And I've been like, you know what? Figures we saved our best lines for all. <laughs> I'll still put this on at the end. I'll do it after the sign off. Yeah, that's funny. Oh uh, shit. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, Take it easy. Stay safe. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you later. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.